Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Looking at footage of the Maui wildfires, one can't help but get emotional. Rarely has our country seen such a level of destruction. On Tuesday, the county of Maui reported that more than 6,500 acres have been burned. For reference, that's over 10 square miles destroyed. Right now, the death toll sits at 115, and that number is expected to climb. According to officials, there are still over 1,000 people missing. And even though Nashville is more than 4,000 miles away, there are Nashvilleans who have close ties to Maui. They still have friends and loved ones that they're worried about. So they're organizing and creating systems of support. Later this hour, we'll talk with them about the welfare of their loved ones and what they are planning to do to provide that support. We'll also talk about the ethical issues of vacationing in Hawaii and the potential surge of property sales. But first, it's time for Add Us. Each week, we take time to read the comments so you don't have to. Yes, I am encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at This Is Nashville and on Instagram at This Is Nashville underscore WPLN. Joining me now with a look back at the past week is our senior producer, Steve Harouche. Hey, Khalil. How's it going? I'm doing better. How about yourself, yourself my friend? Uh, also on the mend. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so this week, what have we been hearing from listeners? Well, before we get to that, I just want to say that we had kind of a big moment last week. We passed 3,000 followers on the website formerly known as Twitter. Okay. Or X, not to be confused with the X. You can't say you heard it on the X because that's something else. Okay. Anyway, uh, I just want to say that um, we did not do anything untoward to reach that number. No matter what someone might say, yes, uh, the words thirst and trap may have appeared in our feed. And then the National Public Library got tagged in a tweet, and then Freddie O'Connell asked for a poll. I'm, I'm talking about the kind you vote in. Um, and well, anyway, let's just let's just leave it at that. Hey, those are the things that happen on X sometimes. Okay, <laughs> so well, after all of that, we also got a tweet from definitely Lisa, who said, "Quote: Probably should be doing this on Threads. People are leaving this app." End quote. Uh, right, uh, Threads definitely, Lisa. Um, let me go reskeet that. I don't. I don't really know what to say um, to that comment. Um, in other actual news, uh, last Friday, we aired Paige Flager's report about how the state of Tennessee has consistently failed to keep guns out of the hands of people who are not supposed to have them, sometimes with deadly results. And that was a really, really powerful yeah. episode and great work by Paige. And we also got a tweet during that show from KL in Ken Tennessee, quote, grateful for the work of WPLN. We're so lucky to have such great journalism and conversation. Yes, thank you for that, KL. I also really want to shout out ProPublica, who is our partner uh, for this investigation and just provided so much support, deep, deep support to make that happen. All right. For sure, you know, that story was a part of our episode previewing the special legislative session. And we got a question that we played during the show from Lola Buckley. She's 10 and she lost two friends in the Covenant School shooting. She asked, quote, why are people allowed to carry guns when they don't even have a license? End quote. Now, Republican Representative Mark Cochran basically said it comes down to a constitutional right to carry. And we got a tweet from Waypoint Defensive that said that just said simply, quote, 
the Second Amendment, end quote. Yeah. Um, other listeners uh, during that show were less satisfied with that kind of response. Mm. Um, Matthew Schultz tweeted at us, quote, I have a constitutional right to access health care. However, when, while I can buy Tylenol easily, I cannot purchase cyanide without going through a strict regulatory process. Why then do we have to treat bolt action rifles and large capacity weapons of war the same? Yeah. Quote. Yeah. It doesn't look like we'll get an answer on this anytime soon. All right. So we're going to switch gears again. On Tuesday, we talked about the writers and actors strikes and how that's hitting home here in Nashville. Yeah, that's right. Uh, obviously, a lot of the focus has been on L.A., and that makes sense because that's where the TV and the film industry is centered. But it is affecting people here in Tennessee, too. Come to find out, it's affecting a lot of people yeah. here in Tennessee. Tennessee and Nashville has a lot more film projects than you think. And part of that conversation was about residuals. Okay. So these are the payments actors and writers get on when a production that they're a part of gets re-aired or picked up for syndication. And there was a lot of talk about how that money gets divvied up. We got a very detailed email from Andy Van Room breaking down the cash split for motion pictures. It's a lot more than we can get into, but it boils down to this. Aside from big stars and big name directors and producers making movies, involves a lot of work from all kinds of folks who are not getting rich. Andy writes, quote, that's why the unions are indicating that they're not really fighting for the stars. They are advocating for the 99% of all the other actors and writers out there who are basically just trying to earn a decent living and earn enough to qualify for health insurance from their guild or union, end quote. Right. And that was an incredibly detailed email. Yes. Maybe we should put it on our website because that really... Really broke it down in a way that made a lot of sense. Yeah, we appreciate that, <laughs> yeah. Andy. Um, so along those lines, we also got a message from Alyssa Hansen with the Tennessee AFL-CIO. Let's listen. So on a national level, the labor movement has branded what's been going on the past few months as the summer of strikes. And last week, a poll was released, and it showed that 67% of likely voters uh, support the strikes and overwhelmingly agree with the union's key demands. And I think that poll, yes, it's numbers, but I think it also sends a message that this isn't about one industry or one international union or one group of workers. This is about all of us. You know, Americans are really fed up with corporate greed and not having a seat at the table. And unions have been on the front lines, especially in these, these two major strikes, the writer's strike and the sag after strike. They've been on the front lines pushing back against corporate greed and demanding that they're fairly compensated for their work. I mean, from day one, that's what unions have been about. And these strikes have helped amplify that message and really bring it uh, to a national audience. Yeah, I think this is kind of a continuation of a theme we've heard, that these things are connected, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we, we sort of hear that a lot. Yeah. So, you know, we're in the midst of the special legislative session, which has been a real focus of the newsroom. Yep. We've had reporters at the Capitol every day, and we've been catching up with them twice a day here on the show. Yeah, uh, and the 7 p.m. updates are um, going through some brand testing right now. Curious to know where the audience stands on this. Should we call it This is Nashville After Dark or The Tonight Show, T-I-N, This is Nashville? I wonder, will we have like a musical band <laughs> accompanying us? Let's see if we can get the roots down here, right? Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the special session, we have a couple of quick updates from the Capitol. The state Senate has adjourned until 4 p.m. Monday. WPLN General Assignment Reporter Rose Gilbert says the gallery erupted in booze. Okay, so that raises the question, how long is this special session really going to last? That is a good question, mm. and at this moment, um, that is still unclear. Um, the the House committee meetings were meeting, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the House committee has been meeting all morning, 
Um, and it's it looks like the House has postponed the full floor session until 3 p.m. So mm. we'll have more uh, on this as it develops throughout the day. Folks should follow our live blog over at WPLN.org. That is our senior producer, Steve Harouche. Steve, thanks as always for this update. Sure thing, Khalil. Yeah, and don't forget to add us on Twitter and Instagram and let us keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey to let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's really super easy and quick and helps us produce shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Maui wildfires with Tennesseans who have strong ties to Hawaii. Please join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kalile Kulona, and this is Nashville. The wildfires in Maui have been devastating. More than 100 people have lost their lives, and there are more than 1,000 people still missing. More than 10 square miles have been devastated. As of now, officials estimate the cost of rebuilding at $5.5 billion. For those of us here in continental U.S., we all we could do was watch in horror. For people here in Nashville who have familial ties to Hawaii, it was even harder to watch from a distance. I'd like to invite a few of them onto the show. My guests are Melanie Ching and Melissa Disler. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you both so much for being here under these really harsh circumstances. Aloha and thank you so much, Kaleo. You're welcome. Aloha. Now, <laughs> Melanie, how are you doing right now? I'm really feeling so sad and heartbroken. I just got a text message a couple days ago from a friend in Hawaii who lost a nephew in Maui. They said they had just identified his body Saturday in his car as he was trying to escape Lahaina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was on his way to see his mom in upcountry Kula, and he got engulfed by the fire. And so his sisters had to provide uh, evidence to help them identify him by DNA. And then they had to tell his mom that he wasn't coming to visit anymore. So those kind of, of stories like hit me pretty hard. You know, um, these are real life stories. And then his cousin who he was living with in Lahaina escaped the fire, but the house they were living in was burned completely. Mm -hmm. They lost everything. And his cousin had just recently retired so now he has nothing, and how can he rebuild? Mm. How can, you know? Yeah. It's so tough, so hard. Melissa, how are you? Ooh, Melanie, girl, you got me. I'm trying, <laughs> trying desperately hard not to cry. Um, I, honestly, I'm in that state of shock. You know, that whole, like, you're numb, but you're not numb. Because I've been, you know, it's been an emotional roller coaster. I found out about the fires Wednesday morning. Wednesday before last. And it started immediately with, I went from, I woke up okay, to complete hysteria, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm. And, you know, I'm having nightmares about fire. I mean, it's really hitting my, um, my Auntie Darlene, her brother, who's my uncle by marriage, but he's been in the family for like 30 years. So in Hawaii, among us, Kanaka and whatnot, we don't, 
we don't break family down to first cousin, second cousin, third cousin. If you family, you family. Mm-hmm. It's just 50 cousin down, okay, cool, you, you family. Yeah. If you marry in, you family, just how it is. Him and his wife and lived in Lahaina, their house is completely gone. They barely got out their cells. And then I found out that a friend of mine, I had been trying to get a hold of him, and then I found out through a mutual why I wasn't hearing back. He, he, he was cremated alive. He burned. He's I'm gone. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the devastation is, uh, to be honest, it's, uh, it's not fathomable. It's, it's, it's almost beyond, um, how do I put it, the mind to, mm. really, to really think about what, what happened and where it's at and the devastation. Like up in Kula, for example, because my great Auntie Ginger um, is on the board of a nonprofit called Heritage Hall in Paia. It's on Maui. So she's handling donations and stuff. And I get my information directly from, or a lot of it from her, because she's in the know. She talks to the mayor. She talks to, you know, she's in like that. Um, 19 houses in Kula have burned. See, the problem is it wasn't just Lahaina that caught fire. They got it the worst, make no mistake. But the fire, yeah, went up country. Mm. There was like about three fires, I think, burning at the same time. From uh, I understand from reports, they have some of the fires 90% or 85% contained. contained. So they're still burning burning right mm-hmm. now. Now, you know, Melissa, I, I understand you were born here in Nashville, yes. but your family has been in Maui since the 1800s. On both my tutu side, yeah. On both tutu, sides. Yeah, tutu meaning uh, grand. Okay. So uh, in Hawaii, we call my grandmother tutu lady and my grandfather tutu man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on that side, which is my mother's. My mother's side, yeah, they've been uh, in Hawaii since the 1800s. We're our, my family on my Tutu Man side is in books about the Portuguese in Hawaii. We're like historically documented. Mm. So I go back and forth between you know Maui and here. How, how, how is that? Like, how is that hitting you to have such a deep ancestral home? Ooh, uh, sorry. Um, so I was explaining the other day to someone. Um, the loss that the loss that a lot of us Kanaka are experiencing is not just um, it's not just the loss of the physical of the houses and it's the loss of the people, but it's the loss of our history. There's so little left um, of Hawaii, like Hawaiian culture before. And I'm going to say it before the colonizers came over and did what they do. There's so little left. And now it's, it's even less. You know, Lahaina was a seat of power uh, in Hawaii for quite some time. There's stuff there that is, was only in Lahaina, and it's gone. So it's it's a loss of, of stuff that connects us physically to our history. You know, we lost a lot of kapuna, which is elders. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that have been um, claimed, have you know, as have passed, have been kapuna. The, they are so important to us. They, they carry our heritage. They carry our... They carry our ancestral DNA. Mm. You know, we talk story with them. They tell us things that we can find in books, and they're gone. So we didn't just lose lives and structures. We have lost part of our history. Um, and it's like for all of us who are tied to the Aina, because, I mean, I have family that are buried at the Heiau. It's an important religious structure in Hana. Um, the land burns, we burn. That's how we are. We are very connected, even like me. Yeah, I grew up on mainland. It's true. I spent two years uh, as Keiki when I was a kid. 
on Maui with my tutus and my aunties and my uncles. And then I came back here. I was flowing back and forth like a pineapple. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, but as I got older and when I had the money, because it's expensive to go, you know, I've gone back and forth. I was just on Maui. I was in Lahaina in January. The very hostel I stayed at, burned, I've seen, is gone, pow, mm. gone. Luckily, the people who owned it, real nice folks, uh, they made it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've lost an insane amount of stuff. It's, it hurts on a physical level, but it hurts on the spiritual level. You know, Melanie, when I mean, express my condolences to any, any family and friends that you may have lost to both of you. And you know, you've, you've lived here in, in, in Nashville for a little bit, but a lot of your life has been in Hawaii on the Island. How do you, how are you responding to the devastating loss that has happened? So, yes, all of us, especially in Middle Tennessee, we have a group, a Facebook group called Hawaiians in Middle Tennessee. And it it hit us all so hard. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was just like my heart broke and I didn't know what can I do? What can I do? So I am planning a big ukulele extravaganza concert it's actually this saturday at the williamson county performing arts center but we made it a benefit for the maui food bank mm -hmm. i was trying to find a way that we can help concretely to show the people in maui that though we're almost five thousand miles away from them we we want to send our care and concern and love and support in a tangible way and Maui Food Bank is a local agency mm -hmm. on the ground feeding the people there. Yep. They're going to need help mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour about the devastating fires in Maui. My guests are Melanie Ching and Melissa Disler. You can tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. And, you know, as I'm looking at, like, the aerial photos and the damaged areas, it's really hard to do. There's... Hundreds, if not thousands, of homes were lost. And, you know, for a long time, you mentioned it, Melissa, that it's pretty expensive not only to travel to Hawaii, but to live in Hawaii. The cost of living is super high there. It's outrageous. And it's only going to make it harder for people to rebuild their homes. I want to hear from both of you on this, but Melanie, what are you re hearing about people? You mentioned your friend who've just retired can't build their home or rebuild their home. They can't afford it. Are there more people in that situation? I'm sure. I'm sure a majority of them with having lost everything. So my friend's nephew, yes, he just recently retired. And she said she has no idea how he's going to be able to afford to rebuild. He might have to relocate and maybe join his brother who lives on the mainland. I mean, if they lost everything and they're living on Social Security or retirement, how in the world could they afford? So one big concern is all these land grabbers, these developers wanting to come in mm. and scoop up the land and then build their high rises and things and ruin the 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 everything, everything, the you know, and just um, do it for commercial Mm -hmm. Business. I do. I do want to get into the ethical situations about that a little bit later on in the show. But you know, I've I've got a friend who lives out in in Hawaii, and he was saying that tourism is so much, but it's so expensive that people have to work two to three jobs. Oh, easy. Just to make it by, and that's barely making that's it. That's usually like usually like I know in Maui amongst my family, um, 
you'll have, you know, I mean, it's a it's a cultural thing to have two or three generations in the same house, especially like um, those of us who are Hapa, meaning half or, you know, we're, we're mixed. So I'm Hapa. Mm-hmm. A lot of us to have like Japanese family and Filipino and stuff, you know, you'll have different generations all in the same household. And whether or not it's cultural for you or not, that's pretty much the way it goes over there. It's when I was there in January, I was at Long's. It's kind of like a Walgreens type of thing. And um, I took a picture and sent it to someone here on the mainland here in Tennessee and said, oh, you know, this is the price of a gallon of milk. And it was almost $6. Whoa. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, when I tell you things are insane. Oh, um, I forgot one caveat. It was almost $6 on sale. On yeah. sale, yeah, $6 yeah. Dollar milk. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Wow. Um, so when I tell people it's extremely expensive, I'm not kidding. It's not just expensive for the tourists, but it's expensive for the locals to live. So like, like she was saying, you know, these land grabbers, you know, these developers, I call them vultures flat out. I call them vultures. You know, they come, they take our land, they build these high rises and hotels and whatever that I'm just going to say it. People with money, usually from the mainland or even other countries will come over and they buy. But so the locals and the Hawaiians, it's like, Oh, you know, you're not good enough to buy our stuff, but you you good enough to clean for us. You good enough to cook for us, but you're not good enough to buy. You you know, this mm. is for this is for other people with more money. I mean, looking at all of this d- despair and destruction that's gone on, there's kind of like signs of hope. I think I read about a 150 old banyan tree that yes. survived the fire and yes. both of you are smiling yes. right now and you know it's like it's like a huge symbol of hope it is well talk to me about the tree survival and what it means to you both melissa okay so uh last i was with the banyan uh, well last i saw the banyan was in january the last time i actually touched the banyan which is a picture i sent you guys i was hugging it <laughs> mm. so yeah the banyan was a gift it was planted almost 150 years ago um Scientifically speaking, banyans are known to weather fires not not too poorly. However, the degree in which the fire in Lahaina burned, because it burned, you know, it was hot enough to burn metal. I mean, it did serious damage. To be honest, in my personal opinion, the banyan should have been burned to ash. But no, it is, uh, I'm not going to lie, it is severely damaged. It is charred. Um, the arborist for this Maui has been caring for it and they checked it and behind the the bark that is basically briquettes at this point there is a living flesh Mm. so it I say she is alive she's kind of um she's in a state of shock but I mean who wouldn't be yeah but she is alive it's just going to take time for her to heal and you know Maui is full of divine energy Maui uh for those who are sensitive to things like I am, the minute you set foot on Maui, you can feel it. Maui just has its own, its own um, chi. It is very mm. strong. And I had complete faith when a lot of people thought that the banyan went pow, you know, that it was done. I was like, no. I said, Maui, yeah. the island, the Aina will provide. Banyans have deep roots. So it living is is symbolic of the perseverance of the people, of the Hawaiians. I'll tell you what, we are not all just like, um, we're not all lays and surfboards, okay? We are fighters. We are feisty. We are resilient. You know, we will get it done. Yeah. And the Bainan is like, you know what? You might burn me, sucker, but I ain't gone yet. I ain't going to get Melanie. You ain't going to get me. What's it mean for you? So like Melissa was saying, there's a saying called 
Maui no ka oi. Maui is the best. Okay. And Maui will survive. And for the banyan tree, of course, all of us love that banyan tree. Friends are sending me pictures of when they went on vacation. Like you said, tourism was such a is a big economy. It's the only economy really, uh, really in Hawaii yeah. anymore. We lost all agriculture, et cetera, et cetera. And that that banyan tree as a symbol of hope is just so wonderful. And there's one other symbol of hope that I had heard about in Lahaina. Everything was decimated, but one church survived. Everything was burned all I th- around. I think I saw that picture. And a house. And that yeah. one church, as to me also, having strong faith and hope and showing the people of Maui, there's light and hope. Just persevere, and we're here to support you. Mm. We're here all over the world to support you and send our aloha, send our love. You know, looking at, at some of that support, you know, there's... The FEMA and Red Cross are out there. What have you all heard? Mm. Okay, I, I mentioned those two names and the looks on your faces. You went from smiling about this sign of support from the church and 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 this this wonderful resilient tree. As soon as I said FEMA and Red Cross, the, the looks on your faces totally changed. Okay, and, you know what? I need to put my hair up. For okay, this. put your hair up for this uh, while you get your hair together, Melanie. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts on the recovery efforts led by FEMA and the Red Cross? Well, actually, Melissa's going to speak to it, but I, I sometimes feel like it's just so hard if government steps in and actually hinders some of the on-the-ground help that is happening, happening just locally. And so um, it breaks my heart that, yes, there's rules and regulations, but please, people need immediate help. And if it's coming from locals in Hawaii, for their own people there on Maui, why do you need to stop or hinder that process? And when, when what you told me, I want to get to you real quick, uh, mm-hmm. Mel- Melissa, I'll, I'll get to you. But from what you both talked to me about the culture there, the familial culture there, if you're my 50th cousin, it doesn't matter. You're still my family. Ohana if people are going Ohana. there, Ohana is Ohana. If people are coming to help their Ohana, let them. Okay, so, you know. M- Melissa, tell me, what are your thoughts about this FEMA and Red Cross issue? Okay. So I, you know, just to premise, I'm getting my information from my great aunt, like I said, and she's working donations. I got information from my cousins, one of them who is out um, feeding the people. She's just a normal person. You know, she makes food. She takes, she finds people who need it, you know. Um, So before help from the mainland, before FEMA and them came, um, you know, Hawaiians and the locals immediately went into action. There is no hesitation amongst our people. People need help, you need help, and that's just how it is. So people from other parts of the island that weren't on fire were bringing food, you know, clothing, blankets, whatever, trying to get people out. Um, People from Hana, which is on the other side of Maui, which is very rural, Um, the drive from Hana over to Lahaina is, uh, to be honest, is a very dangerous drive. Um, People came, trucks full of food and aid, and... Um, you know, people were grouped up and were feeding people like soup lines type of thing, you know, food lines like before, you know, FEMA and them ever came. People were bringing and helping people from Malakai were coming over. People from Oahu were coming over via boat, jet ski, whatever, mm-hmm. taking people back to Malakai who lost their homes, you know, and then FEMA and Red Cross come over and then they start telling people, oh, you cannot come. You cannot bring 
you know, and people were like, what you mean? You know, oh, you know, you're feeding people. You can't do that. So basically it became a, to summarize it, it became a, unless you're going through FEMA and Red Cross, you cannot do this anymore. You cannot come over to Maui, to Hawaii as a whole and, and, and dictate to the people, especially the Canucks, you know, the ones of Hawaiian blood and try to tell us what we can and can't do, especially in a time of disaster. Who do they think was holding down the fort, so to speak, before they got there? We, we don't wait. So they came and they, they were stopping people from helping. The donations, a lot of donations were coming in. There's video all over TikTok, their Facebook reels, everywhere. And even before that appeared, I was being told by those who were there experiencing it, hey, all these donations are coming in, but they're not, they're not giving. They're not doing anything. They blocked people from getting into Lahaina, getting into West Maui. I understand Lahaina because it was so dangerous. But there were still people in other parts of West Maui whose houses and stuff did not burn, okay? But they were trapped because they had completely blocked off West mm. Maui. So what hasn't made the news is the people who were trapped in West Maui because they were not letting aid in, people died of starvation and dehydration. See, they're not letting that out. Mm. We'll have to look into that. And earlier today, the news organization Hawaii News Now reported that FEMA workers were staying in five-star luxury hotels and this is drawing a lot of ire from the residents of Lahaina. Understandably. Yeah. Melanie, how do you respond to that? That's inconscionable. I mean, really, if you're going over to render aid and then you're living in a luxury hotel, I mean, that statement right there says it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, the distance and the, I mean, like where's the care and compassion? Why aren't you on the ground, you know? Yeah, it, but the, it's caring compassion it. that's happening right now from what you both are doing. And, you know, you mentioned it before, Melanie, about this event. Can you tell us a little bit more before we go to break about the event that you're having, this benefit concert? This is called an ukulele extravaganza, and my featured artists, Andrew Molina and his dad, Jay, are from Maui. They are uh, from Kihei, so I texted him right away. They were told to be packed and ready to evacuate um, because there were fires also in Kihei, not just Lahaina. My family had to evacuate Kihei. And so they were ready to evacuate, but thankfully they were okay. But they're coming in for a big ukulele concert. I have other artists from all over Australia, Japan, here in Nashville. And it's at the Williamson County Performing Arts Center, Saturday the 26th from 1 to 5. Tickets are on the Williamson County Performing Arts Center website, and it's it was $30 a ticket for a five-hour concert, and it's now buy one, get one free because we will have donations collecting for Maui Food Bank. We want the money to go to Maui. Please come out to support. And the Fish Radio sorry, is also sponsoring, so they'll be out there and um, helping us to collect the donations because we want to do something real to support okay. the, the people I, in Maui. I want to thank you so much. For being here today and thank you for expressing your, your your concern and telling us keeping us informed about what's happening to your family and friends out there in maui my guest was melissa melanie ching pardon me thank you again for being with us and we're thinking about you and your loved ones melissa disler will stick with us through the break when we come back, we'll learn about some more of the local efforts to help the people of Hawaii as they recover from the devastating fires. And we'll talk more about the ethics surrounding the purchasing of damaged property and vacationing on the island. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back.
Khalil A. Kulona, and this is Nashville. On August 8th, wildfires broke out in Maui, destroying almost everything in their path. More than 100 people have lost their lives and more than 1,000 are still missing. Homes and businesses are destroyed and rebuilding will cost billions. Here in Nashville, people with close ties to Hawaii are working to send help and relief to Maui. What can Nashvillians do to help? Well, my next guests are here to share their thoughts. Thunderstorm Artis and Waylon Nihipahi. Welcome both to you to being welcome. Nihipali, pardon me. Welcome to you both. Thank you both for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Now, I do want to start by asking how you both are doing right now. Waylon? Um... Like right now, my one of my really good friends, um, a couple of my good friends uh, from Maui. Their their families, like their parents, lost their homes. I think her, um, one of my promoter friends that I just left um, in Las Vegas, just the day before, we were talking about our next show, and. The next morning, his his wife's brother's house was gone, and they were just they couldn't find you know family and friends, and he was just stuck. And so he um, he was he reached out to me and to facilitate that hub over on, in Las Vegas because it's the so-called the Ninth Island, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just did a show there, and there was a lot of support, but. <laughs> I think they were they were just overwhelmed. He's still tired. He's he's I just talked to him yesterday and he's like drained. I mean, mm-hmm. you can tell, you can tell just by talking to him just the effect that it has on him. His wife, you know, their parent her her brother I think lost um their homes and his brother actually owns the water and ice, the Maui Water and Ice Company there. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they've been nonstop. Working. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the business is not, obviously not making any money, but that's not their priority right now. But they're just constantly giving. So it's like, you know, every time I post something, I always put, you know, it's like they're giving with a broken heart. That's not mm-hmm. easy to do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I understand. Mm. Thunder? Yeah, man, my my heart just breaks, like breaks for the families that are over there. They're dealing with this devastation. You know, it's like we hear how many of like children in like the Keiki, you know, just are missing and the families having to rebuild and that. And so hearing the news and talking to my family that's on the neighbor island and all my friends on Maui, like it was just one of the hardest things to hear and to see. And so like, man, it's like just wondering how we can move forward, how we can grow and how we can support the families there and, and really show up. So yeah, I just, that's why I wanted to be here today, man, just talk about a couple of things that we're doing, but also like, you know, just to pray for these families and to try to hope shine some light so they can get the help they need. Well, what are the, what are the folks, your, your friends who are particularly on Maui, what are they saying? What are they in need of? What are they telling you about their condition? So, so far from what I'm hearing is that like, one beautiful thing about Hawaii is that we all show up and we support one another. Um, so there's been a lot of aid as far as with clothes and food and things like that. But there's a lot of families kind of like, I mean, my friend, we were talking about that they're just not prepared for this financially. 
You know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, like, the what the bottom going for most houses on Maui are, like, a million dollars and up. A million, easy, yeah. Yeah, easy million and up. So if you're not sitting on that, how are you going to rebuild? How are you really going to do that? But also, like, they're getting put into, like, temporary homes and shelters, and some of these things also cost money. And so, like, financially, a lot of these families are just not seeing it. There's just so many families in need. Mm-hmm. And so just, because um, there's been a lot of GoFundMes, there's been a lot of um, different ways to support. And so me and my wife, we actually raised money um from the tour that I just got off of. And instead of sending it to organizations, we just picked out families and we we're like, man, we want to send this lump sum because hopefully it helps. And mm. I think that's mostly what a lot of the families are needed so that they can begin to grow. And because they've been in these houses for, for years, it's been generations on generations. Mm-hmm. And so um, no one's ever preparing like for a renovation, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think what they're in the most need of right now is just financial aid. Now, there's the Maui Wildfire Benefit Concert at 6th and Peabody that's happening on September 13th. And, yeah. you know, you and Waylon are both participating in this with other local musicians. Can you tell us a little bit more about that event? Yeah, this event, and it's going to be so special. All the proceeds from it is going towards this just Maui and the families there and helping out. And when I got the call to be able to jump into this, it's really cool to see um, like my friend here, man, like, you know, how many local people are here in Nashville? I just moved here in April, but I lived in Hawaii my whole life. And so it's, it's really good to be able to help out and participate and support from so far away. Waylon, what are you looking for? You know, as, as far as the benefit concert? Yeah. What are you looking forward to? I mean, I'm, I'm just really hoping that there's a good turnout because, um, Hawaii is such a giving state and, mm-hmm. you know, Unfortunately, we had that situation with the school over here, and Hawaii brought a whole team here, yep. and we had a ceremony there at the school. Um, mm. the, the Covenant School. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I got to be a part of that team and present the lays, that one-mile lay that the Hawaii people had made mm. to give as a gift. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about that. I was like... You know, it's it's uh, it's crazy how how Hawaii people are just so giving, and they had no ties mm-hmm. to any of this. It was just strictly volunteer. It's the heart. It's the yeah. Hawaiian heart. And and it's just it's not surprising to me that they're they're trying to put a halt on some of the donations because they don't have any place to store this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me that it was just that much stuff i mean it it would it would constantly come in if they didn't you know somewhat give a heads up on on the storage yeah because i mean even even fresh food i mean i had a good friend of mine they found we found a pilot on the big island that volunteered to take fresh beef and ulu and taro and stuff like that over to Maui, so they've been doing that. He called me. They weren't. They didn't have any space, so I called a, a rancher friend of mine, um, on the big island. He's like, "Yeah, you could bring it here." And so it's like, you know, everyone's donating stuff, and it just comes down to getting it to the families, like getting it to the actual families. I mean, yeah. I remember they had the donations and stuff, but. You know, I remember someone telling me, hey, they raised a million dollars. I'm like, that's like one house in Lahaina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. You yeah. know, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and at this point, you know, with, with all this, house. you know, people adding insult 
to injury with all these conspiracies and stuff like that that's one of the big problems right now you know that's why i put on my posts and stuff it's like the people of maui and the people of hawaii they need food water lots of love and lots of prayers like they mm-hmm. don't need to yeah. You know, we don't need a million investigators. Yeah. Just and, and the conspiracy theories yeah. that have been going out there it, right now, it's about the people being helped. Now, Melissa Disler is still with us. Melissa, what do you want to see more of? How can people here in Nashville, how can we be of help? Well, like like Raylan said, uh, part of the problem is, yeah, I mean, storage on the island is extremely limited. So you know, money in any situation, to be honest, is always helpful. And if you're going to donate money, just make sure that it's to a verified, you know, organization, 501C, you know, um, the MauiFoodBank.org is fabulous. I've sent, I've had friends who have sent, I mean, we, we all, all of us Kanakas and, and, and locals on the mainland, so to speak, you know, we're doing what we can. Um, they have asked for a halt on clothing because once again, Storage is limited, and these a lot of people still don't have anywhere to go. So you have all this clothing, but nowhere to go. What are you going to do with it? Mm. Um, baby supplies are really needed. Diapers, formula, you know, things for babies, things for kids, um, things for the kapuna, uh, you know, adult pull-ups, like, you know, chucks for the bed. You know, they need stuff, too. Um, hygiene products are extremely important, obviously. Non-perishable foods. They need uh, protein. So as funny as it's going to sound, yes, feel free to send spam to Maui. Mm. Um, you know, tuna, canned chicken. You know, we need, they need protein. Mm. Water, for the love of God, send water. People don't understand. It's, it's funny because Maui's an island, but water Drinking water is very limited. A lot of the water in Lahaina was taken by the sugar barons back in the day. That's part of why Lahaina burned like it did. But that's another discussion. Um, so, yeah, like money, you can go on Amazon. There's organizations that have Amazon, um, you know, wish list. Now, if you're going to ship items from the mainland, it is very expensive to ship. Trust me. So you can go on Amazon, find stuff and do the, you know, let Amazon handle the shipping. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a prime member, you know. So they need stuff, but you know, money helps everybody. Mm. But yeah, people also need hygiene because you think about it, if we send hygiene products and stuff for babies and stuff, then the money that does come in doesn't have to go to that. It can go to people's housing. Um, FEMA and the Red Cross or whatever have started putting people in hotels. They will pay. Now, this is according to my great aunt. Like I said, she's over Heritage Hall. Um, they will pay, I think she said, like for six months. But that's six months. That's, that's nothing. I mean, it's better than nothing, but that's not even a drop in the bucket. But they will do that. The temporary shelters that came over from Hungary, they're putting those up. I don't know how many of those they have. Um, but, yeah, people need people need legit help and know yeah. the conspiracies and propaganda. Oh, my God. Those this, this hop of Portuguese Hawaii is, ooh. Yeah. The, the laser beam and, yeah. the, you know, it's like quit with the conspiracies, quit with the propaganda and quit politicizing it. OK, this is not a political issue. This is a human beings are in need. So get off your okole and do something about it. And so you said she said something very critical. Human beings are in need, not a political yeah. issue. But this thing that we've that's been reported in the news, we talked about it. And personally, it's sitting with me a little funky. This ethical question of people who are going to vacation in Hawaii right now. And as these recovery and cleanup efforts are on the way, you know, tourists are continuing to come to the island and they're impeding the recovery process. You know, I want to hear from all three of you how you feel about that. Thunder, you first. 
I would say, man, it's a, I think it's two sides of the story because like mm-hmm. the cost of living in Hawaii is so high and most of the income of Hawaii comes from tourism. So for the families that are vacationing there and are going there, they're actually supporting and putting food on the families that they might not have been affected by the fires or have been affected by the fires. Mm-hmm. That's other proceeds and profit that's coming in that's keeping the island alive. Because we know like how much they were affected during the pandemic and COVID. Mm-hmm. With just all the finances stopping and we just see like, you know, everything is imported into Hawaii. So like mm-hmm. things that are cheap here in, in Nashville, Tennessee, like they're like three times the price in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Easy. So tourism, like I think I was even talking to some fam- um, family that works in a hotel industry there. Like it helps raise funds and put money in the families that keep additional people off the streets, keep additional people out of situations. So in that way, like I would say like, you know, but go there and be aware, go there with the Aloha spirit, go Go there and be, you know, bless people. You know, if you're going to go and visit, just make sure you know where you're going and what's going on in the state of the people that are in that place. Cause it's, it's, that's the most important thing. Cause if you go there, just kind of lollygagging with no respect, like it's going to hurt people. That respect is key. Wayland. Yeah, I believe. Um, I believe what he's saying is 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 true, and uh, I think the people of Hawaii in general, just in the beginning, because it was just so shocking and heartbreaking, they were just like, "Wait, no, you can't come here," you know, mm-hmm. without even really thinking about uh, what's going to happen if we stop tourism. I mean, we just got out of COVID, and I own a business on the Big Island myself, and it'll really take a toll on the whole island. If you don't have that income, mm-hmm. um, I think I think what they're they're more concerned about is now the fact of and and we went through this on the Big Island with the lava flow that took out mm-hmm. seven hundred something ago. homes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I think what they're more concerned about now is that you, they're gonna some of the tourists are just gonna come. Um, Be lucky, lose with with, with yeah. Yeah, with different uh, intentions. Intentions now. What do you instead mean? Instead of instead of enjoying the beach, and you know the the shopping or or just uh, the parts culture. of the island that you should be looking at that's mm-hmm. still beautiful. I think now the main focus is taking pictures mm-hmm. and stuff of the burnt down Lahaina. Oh, and I think almost that's, like this. Uh, the disaster voyeurism you're talking yeah, about, like, like kind it's of a thing? T- like it's a TV show. That's, oh, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm cutting into your time. No, Go no. I, I mean, and and I don't. You know, I, I I don't know if I can completely blame them because that would be like human nature at where you know you would. It's all over the news, and you're you're gonna go there. I mean, of course you. But there's 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 something to be said about having compassion uh, and compassion, respect, and empathy Absolutely. for people. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the biggest like, problem. You know, earlier and before we took the break, before this segment started, we you know, M- Melissa was talking about the developers who've been coming in, and here in Nashville, we can relate to that because in 2020, the tornado came and swept yeah. through, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in Nashville were faced with difficulty and how can they afford to rebuild their homes and developers swept in and started offering money Vultures. for people as they were still recovering and picking up mm-hmm. the pieces of their homes that were destroyed that is happening yeah. currently right now i'm sure sadly that's yeah. look look at hawaiian history sadly that is not new that's how hawaii lost hawaiian land for the majority is not in hawaiian hands okay that's how we lost most of Hawaiian land anyway. And Lahaina is big time money. Very, you know, people want that so bad. And 
from what I was told, I mean, there were people whose houses were actively burning and these developers were, you know, via like drone stuff, they were already scouting stuff and, and finding these owners and showing up with cars going, hey, I know your house is currently on fire, but uh, let me know if you want to sell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like the, the inhumanity, the, the arrogance of it and just the sheer um, evil. That's that's evil. That's yeah. pure evil. All right. So we have just on, we have barely over a minute left. All three of you real quick. What do we have to do hearing about this, hearing about this tragedy and seeing what you all are doing to help people? What do we as human beings have to understand and know so we can be decent to each other, particularly in times of pain? Real quick, each of you. Thunders, you start. I would say, man, like, um, one beautiful thing I do want to note is that, like, we are the hands and feet, you know what I mean? We're the people, like, we see the need that's there. So I say, let's just gather around. This is America, man. We we can gather together as community and love and really make a difference and a change here. So I would say what we can do, man, is just be that light, reach out to people, make sure families can be financially stable so we can make a difference. Melissa. Be empathetic. Take, take yourself out of the equation. Look, selfish is putting other people's needs you know, before, like, after your wants. You have to put other people's needs before your wants. Be These are people in need. Have some empathy. Have some compassion. Know that just because you're living it up, kicking it, you know, eating your $50 steak, that the, the waitress serving you in this, you know, restaurant on Maui may have just lost not just her home. She may have lost her keiki. She may have lost her kapuna. So have some sympathy. Have some compassion. And if you can know, do that, keep your mouth shut. Wayland. Yeah, I think um, I think Hawaii is such a loving state that if you, even if you don't have the funds to give, uh, I always say, you know, you give a dollar or you give a thousand, um, it's still just the, the thought of what's coming from your heart. I think it's, it, even if you show up to the benefit concert with no money, I think just you being there shows emotional support mm -hmm. and some respect to the tragedy that's going mm -hmm. on. I'm for sure. I would appreciate that. I want to thank yeah. you all for coming on to the show. Thank my guests, Thunderstorm Artiste, Waylon Nihipali, and Melissa Disler. Thank you all for being here. We're thinking about you and your families and friends. Really thank are. You. Thank Mahalo. you so much. Oh, thank Thanks for having us. And thank you Indeed. for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Elizabeth Burton. Our senior producer is Steve Farouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director with assistance from Laura Boach. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville and you can find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Lake Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and take time to be really good to each other. <laughs>